0: Thelonious Monk. There's several small talks in this quick 15-minute talk uh, I'll talk about. There's a story I want to get to at the end, so I won't uh, cover his life too much, except in general terms. He was uh, called the High Priest of Bebop, and um, he he was one of the pioneers, if not the pioneer of that, and it was a... um, it was a version of jazz. He was a great jazz pianist. Uh, his style was hard to play, um, and there were a few uh, wonderful uh, quotes. That this is a Time magazine article, and the quotes I'm going to read to you are from Time magazine. And over my years of reading, uh, you know, the newspaper and and everything from Jane Austen to, you know, you name it. Um, writers who write about music, I find, tend to be some of the most lively, some of the best writing you'll, you'll ever see. Um, by, uh, a fellow by the name of Barry Farrell did the article, and getting to uh, his style, it, it was hard to play. He says, he caresses a note with the treb- tremble of a, bejeweled finger, then stomps on it and in, into its grave with a crash of elbow and forearm, aimed with astonishing accuracy at a chromatic tone cluster of octave long, an octave long. Um, in short, that's he saying that um, Thelonious Monk was not a trained musician. He was pretty much self-taught. He, he took piano lessons. He started taking some piano lessons, 75 cents an hour at age 11. But he realized that the music that, that he liked, he wasn't playing. And that was, you know, Duke Ellington, Fats Waller, James Johnson, some of those, those early jazz musicians. So that's, that's the way he wanted to follow. Um, and he grew up. He knew when, when he got into music, he brushed shoulders with all of the best, played with them, um, Dizzy Gillespie, the, the trumpeter. John Coltrane, the saxophonist, Miles Davis, Charlie Parker, all the big names. There are a lot of them. And um, Monk's sound is, another quote, Monk's sound is so obvious, obviously his own, that to imitate it would be as risky as and embarrassing as affecting a Chinese accent when ordering chop suey. And that's another uh, quote. So, I mean, you know as a writer, I'm amazed, you know, who thinks up this stuff, but um, obviously he was inspired by Thelonious Monk. Um, he spent a lot of time, a lot of evenings, that is, at a, at a bar uh, in Manhattan, where he was born in, in 1917 um, in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, and then was taken to New York, New York City with his family at an early age, and basically he was a New Yorker for the rest of his life, and um, at a, uh, a, a night spot called the Five Spot. Um, the writer writes, the ambience of the Five Spot is perfect for Monk's mood. Dark, a little dank, smoke-soaked, and blue. And um, again, that uh, Thelonious Monk, unlike these other musicians that he brushed shoulders with, he was his own person. Uh, he was he was a little hard to get to know. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't one of the boys. Um, he was a little eccentric, or a lot, of, a lot eccentric. Um, he was, as, as the writer said, the time writer said, he was a perfectly normal neurotic. He loved hats. Loved hats. And you'll see that uh, this is a life portrait, by the way, by a... Um, Uh, Someone very different in in temperament, the the artist uh, was a Russian immigrant by the name of Boris Shalyopin, welcome, Um, he did, uh, Shalyopin probably did more time covers than any other time artist that I know of, Um, well over probably 300. Um, The gallery owns some 132 of them and the Thelonious Monk is one of them. and that was a live sitting. Chaliapin uh, could not get uh, Thelonious Monk to stay awake during the sitting, so he, he painted him uh, about on four occasions over the course of uh, several months. And he uh, so he got to the point where he would he would poke him, you know, wake up, wake up, Monk, wake up, and he'd have to walk him around the studio a little bit to uh, to get him uh, to to pose. Um, he lost his cabaret card twice. Now, this was a card that was required to play in bars that served liquor in New York City. And they're both drug-related. Um, uh, to paint the best side of it, um, and that's the only side I know, is that he was sort of a victim of, you know, of association. Um, so the drugs were found in a car in which he was, a, you know... It was all his friend's fault is basically what I'm trying to say. But he still got stuck with it. He did a little jail time, and he lost this, this cabaret card, which really put him out of business. Um, so he did not <coughs> get back in. To, this was in the, in the, uh, throughout the 1950s. So throughout some of the, the 50s, he, was, um, he laid low and then really made his comeback in the 1960s. Um, the reason for this portrait... Uh, he, in 1964, he was making a, uh, a very successful tour of Europe uh, to sell out crowds. He was in Helsinki and uh, they no sooner landed there and he starts noticing the hats, the fur hats everyone is wearing. He says to his his, his comrades, you know, we've, we've got to get these hats. And uh, sure enough, at the first concert, they opened with these fur hats. Um, so he, Gave that one a rest. He was um, perhaps the, the song that that resonates that I, the only one that I know of his compositions that I, I recognized, and I'll get to this in a minute, um, is around midnight, and that is um, a song I, I only know it through uh, Linda uh, Linda Ronstadt album, which came out. Um, in the mid to about 1986, if she was doing some 1930s and, and 40s numbers. And if you if you listen to the song, at least her version of it, it's very eerie. Um, it, it's really it's, it's a beautiful song, but um, it's it's eerie and it's sort of you know goes goes back to that quote um, about you know monk's mood dark and a little dank and and whatnot. Um, now, this cover I got a phone call about two years ago from a fella that had the monk time cover. And he said, "I, I think you might be interested in, in knowing this." This monk appears on the cover of February. February 28, 1964. This cover, and I'll, This is the you can show. It. This cover, if you look at the top, what's the date? November 29. 29th. 29th, 1963. This is a working cover and what Kennedy's assassination. The news is the most unpredictable business I know of. I have prepared um, talks, you know, in relation to exhibitions for Good Morning America, and I've done all this work, you know, preparing for it, only to have it, you know, be bumped by. I think the exactly, exactly, right, and. Uh, the cover that did appear that, um, instead of the Monk cover, was the LBJ, and I'll pass that around. It's not a very good likeness. Um, now, that another short story about Time Magazine. Time Magazine, unlike Newsweek, Time Magazine was a Henry Luce publication. Luce was still in, around, and they had a policy where as they would not put a deceased person on the cover. Newsweek, if you go to the, the Newsweek issue of that of that week, um, John Kennedy's on the cover, but uh, Time put LBJ on the cover. Now, there's another thing that strikes me. How do you get on the cover of Time magazine? With The, the, the National Portrait Gallery has the Time collection. Um, we, uh, in 1978, Time magazine made a gift of... Uh, several hundred of their original art. This is the original art um, for that, that cover. And um, I, the, the collection so, is the Maria was from Time Magazine. Right, um, over right over there, that's yeah. exactly. The, the same year, I believe, 1964. Um, so that's, that's another one. Time Magazine, I think our collection now is almost 2,000 original covers and um, and I got good news just last week, that I don't know if you saw the cover of, um, I'm the curator of Time Magazine, that's why there that was good news for me, that the, um, the Person of the Year cover of Barack Obama um, by um, Shepard Ferry, we have a, um, the, a version of it uh, hanging up here. Um, we're looking into, um, into that for an exhibition. And time has—they don't—they don't, they do not actually own that cover. The two covers that they have—they um, have the special inauguration preview cover by um, C.F. Payne, and that's original—that's uh, an original painting which we're hoping to to acquire, and uh, or at least to borrow. And they have a, a very nice portrait of uh, George Bush, man of the year in 2004. So maybe these will be some uh, later gifts, I, I hope. Um, the other thing that occurs to me that, you know, back to the question, how, do you, how does one get on the cover of time? Well, you know, win as President of the United States, that will get you on the cover of time. <laughs> be man or, or person of the year now, it's person of the year. And they have, um, they've gotten very creative with that in 1982, I think, as the, the com- they made the computer machine of the year and whatnot. So, how do you get on the cover of Time? Well, I don't know because just at this time, this cover was dated February 28th, 1964. Thelonious Monk will be the only artist until 1967, only musician artist, to make the cover of Time magazine. Go back to uh, between between the two covers I just showed you, or the two Monk covers between the end of J- November cover and. Um, the February cover. I was uh, I was in sixth grade, and I remember the music that was playing, that the girls in my sixth grade class were playing, "Chubby Checker's in the Twist." That was that was the the big the big single, and then a few weeks later, slightly around Christmas after Christmas, um, this new song called "I Want to Hold Your Hand." The Beatles. They run this cover in you know the end of February, just two weeks. The Beatles have just left the states. They've just left the states. They, their first concert uh, on Ed Sullivan, I think, it was February sixth of nineteen sixty-four. They stayed in the states for two weeks, at least, and they did um, a concert. He was on the Ed Sullivan show. If I know at least two weekends in a row, it may have been three weekends in a row. So why time would go with Thelonious Monk, who is, you know, off, not even on our shores at this time, off in, in Europe, when you have this sensation of the Beatles, it's a good question. The only thing I can think of is that Thelonious Monk was a known quantity at this time, the Beatles were not. That's how new they were to Americans. And as well to the, to the editors of, of Time Magazine. And, um, and, you know, Ed Sullivan took a, took a risk. Um, you know, it, he, he originally turned, I think, the Beatles down. Wasn't much interested and said no. So somebody got to him and, and said, no, you've got to, you know, got to reconsider. Um, you know, and, and it set, the first television appearance set a, a, a TV um, record for, for our audience. Back to Thelonious Monk, he will, um, what did I do with my notes? He will die in, in 1982 at the age of 64 and he will win posthumously, he's, he's awarded a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award in 1993 and in 2006. He is awarded a Pulitzer Prize special citation. Now, I've never heard of that. I'm not sure what that is, but um, so so his his afterlife is is continuing. Um, <coughs> that's it for me. Any questions? That's great. Thank you very much. The, well, you're you're welcome. That is. Um, it's canvas, it may be, uh, it may be, yes, oil on canvas, right there. There are a lot of, a lot of artists now are using acrylics and whatnot. Charlie Oppen was of the old school. He, um, he would, um, oh, he did everyone. He did, uh, the the movie stars are amazing, you know, from Grace Kelly to, to we have a wonderful image of uh, Marilyn Monroe and, 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 um, Catherine Hepburn. Um, uh, the other favorite is um, um, uh, the Taylor, Elizabeth Taylor. Actually, he misses. There's most most of the time he's right on, but the one portrait that he misses, I think, Schaeffer is of um, Catherine Hepburn, um, for one reason or another.